Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last conversation. If you're one of those people, I hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much for coming back. But for everyone out there who's new to the show, welcome. Feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beverages in the fridge. We'll keep it a little PG today, all right? Everybody, please make some noise for my friends, Yasmin and Jeremiah yes. of Amachi. Is that how it's pronounced? Yes, yep. there, you, there you go. Pittsburgh. Yay. <laughs> Thank you for having us. Just wanted to get into it real, real quick. Sometimes I go on these tirades and rambly things in the beginning that are really unnecessary. And now I'm doing it again, explaining that I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so please, for anybody that is not familiar with you both, or Amachi Pittsburgh, let them know what it is. Ladies first. Okay. Hi, I'm Yasmin. I am the family engagement specialist at Amachi Pittsburgh. Um, so I don't know if you want to introduce yourself first, and then I can go I into what Amachi is. Go do it okay. Up, do it um, so Amachi Pittsburgh is a nonprofit organization that um, provides services, and our, our main service is a mentoring program for youth that have experienced parental incarceration. So um, all the youth that we deal with have either have had a parent in the, in in prison or jail, where they currently have a, a parent in prison or jail, and mm -hmm. so we um, we provide family services. But our main program is our mentoring program. Yeah, and then my role at Amachi is the mentoring specialist. So my job is to match mentors and mentees. Right. So if you wanted to mentor with Amachi, you'd fill out, uh, you go through the process. We learn what you like, what you don't like. Do you podcast? Do you do music? And yeah. then we try to pair you with a young person who have similar interests. Right, so that you can kind of help guide them along the way. Um, outside of that, we're working to develop different partnerships. Of course, we're stepping out, uh, getting the new audiences, right, coming to talk to your podcast, um, and trying to expand Amachi. Awesome. Yeah. So I have read that this has been uh, a program that's been operating for almost 20 years now, right? Just about, yeah. And both of you seem to be on the younger side of the spectrum. So <laughs> you obviously, at some point in time, were children and then grew up and decided to be a part of this. What was your journey, Yasmin, in terms of wanting to get involved with Amachi personally? Yeah, sure. So um, I've always kind of been in the in the nonprofit sector. Um, I've always wanted. I always loved working with youth. And so um, uh, before this, I was working with the Epilepsy Association, where I also worked with youth, and I kind of just wanted to be on the same track of that. Um, but I, I really do try to put myself in positions where I'm helping those that are um, underrepresented. And so um, we work with a lot of minority youth and things like that. And I really wanted to get involved. Um, and because I'm not originally from Pittsburgh, I really wanted to get into a local organization and kind of get to know what the community here is like. Okay, you want the long version or the short version? <laughs> hey, it's a podcast. <laughs> uh, the short version was that uh, before working at Amachi, I was working at Pittsburgh Job Corps. Um, so that was transitioning. But prior to working at Pittsburgh Job Corps, I was working at Falk Laboratory School teaching social justice to middle school students, and then doing social justice programming for K through five. Um, and so while at Job Corps, the position for Amachi opened up. Um, I was familiar with Amachi prior, and I liked what they represented. I liked the model. Uh, the position seemed fairly well, and it was a pay increase yeah. from where I was at. And so um, I stepped in. Yeah, you know? that's so awesome. That's I the short version. Okay. <laughs> I think that uh, what Amachi is doing is really cool because – so much of what I think um, like molds a person is their environment. And that's regardless yes. of right. age, right? Yes. And the unfortunate situation is that for whatever reason, uh, you know, schools, regardless of whether it's public or not, don't really seem to always harvest the best environment yeah. for children. And I don't really know what that is. It's really unfortunate that companies like Amachi have to exist. But it's awesome that they do. Right. You know what I mean? So when, you know, you were both growing up as kids in school, what was it like for you in terms of just feeling comfortable just in your in environment? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah. You want to? Yeah, sure. Um, so I, I was actually very fortunate to have a very um, tight-knit family. And so me and my big sister are very, very close. So she was always in school with me. And so I always had like my own mentor that uh, was in a couple grades above. And I always had someone looking out for me in that yeah. way. And I can't imagine how my life would have been different had I not had that kind of buffer in between, you know, whatever was going on with me in middle school or high school or whatever. Um, 
And I think I just always had that kind of support system. And so when I uh, when I was starting with Amachi and realizing that a lot of the people, many of the people don't have that support system, that made me want to get even more involved because I'm like, I know how much this impacted me and I want to give that to other people. Yeah. I was, um, I was cool in school. Like I had no problems. <laughs> I had good grades. I was, I played three sports. I was all sitting in high school. Um, I was prime king of my little tech high school I went to. Like <laughs> school for me was cool. Um, but what I realized in graduating was that, you know, you don't ask the kid what's going on if they don't present to be a problem. Right. Yeah. So nobody thoroughly questioned me like, well, what are you trying to do with college or this, that, and the third? Or why are you doing that? It's just like your grades are good. You don't have any problems. You're cool. Get by. Right. So the environment shaped me in the sense of I definitely learned how to get by. I learned how to read people. I learned how to uh, to navigate my space. But where a mentor kind of would have played a role was that to question you like, well, why did you do that? Yeah. Like I, I pick with kids like, OK, you got an A. Tell me what you learned. And they'll be like, uh, I'm like, so it don't matter, right? And so uh, being with an organization like Amachi and working with youth how I have, kind of that driving force has been like, don't kind of just drift through this thing. You know, at every yeah. point you're supposed to get something. So um, I can't say I had, I didn't have a bad experience education-wise yeah. in school, but I will say that having that person or those people to kind of echo what either my parents were trying to say or, you know, question why I was making certain decisions um, would have helped. Yeah, I think yeah. that there's something that I'm noticing that seems to be a trend of people in our demographic and younger becoming more self-aware to like the power of empathy and understanding yes. other people and understanding how environment's important. Mm -hmm. I would say my parents probably weren't having those conversations and I don't know if their parents' parents were. Granted, the world was a much weirder time oh, no, my yeah. in the 50s yeah. or 60s. Yeah. We don't got to get into that. We my all know what we're talking about, right? It was a, it was a crazy time to come through that, right? And it all really leads to, okay, why does a program like Amachi have to exist? Because of parents that are put into situations that give they end up incarcerated. And, mm -hmm. you know, what is the, like the empathetic viewing or approach to that and trying to understand like, how people get put into those positions and now they have kids and like what examples are being set for them. So in terms of Amachi existing now, when kids are coming into the program, mm -hmm. you know, is there like a trend of things that you see that kids are interested in? Or does it seem like there's a lot of kids that are just kind of like lost and they maybe find their interest through the program? Um, I could, I mean, I can, I can speak to that as far as dealing with youth and dealing with kids. Think about when we were kids, man. What, like, your influence was a lot based on your environment. Sure. And yeah. and at times, you kind of had that one thing that you kind of did that maybe put you outside of the norm, but you didn't necessarily voice it and vocalize it, and you didn't always find champions for it, right? So when talking to a lot of the youth, um, you know, they, they want to do podcasting, right? They want to do YouTube. They want to do music. They, they want to do sports. And it's like, that's dope. But they're also, that's their visual. Right, that's what I'm seeing. Right, um, you know, Pittsburgh is like the nursing capital where we got more nurses here. So you talk to young ladies. I want to do nursing. I want to get into the medical field because you see that. And what you realize is that even for your smartest, most prepared youth, a lot of them are very much influenced by what they see. So with mentoring, it's like how can we pair you with people just to get you to broaden the conversation. Right. Um, I talked to. I was at one point. I was working at university prep. And I remember talking to a, she was a senior. I asked her, like, what do you want to do with school? And she was just like, I don't know. She was like, I don't know, but I don't know. She was like, nobody talked to me about college until this year. Yeah. Now everybody's like, I should know what to do with college and it's loan money. And she was like, I don't even know what career choices I want because I know what's in front of me and I don't want that. It's kind so, of an insane concept mm -hmm. to think about how much pressure you put on a 16, 17 yes. year old kid to like figure out what you need to do for the rest of your life. And I don't know many adults that I could ask even today. What do you Most doing of, for the rest of them of are life? still trying to figure it <laughs> out. Like, listen, you know? I'm making this money right here. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna save up. And then I move. Like, yeah, we don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like this is a whole nother mm -hmm. can of worms to get into, but I feel like the idea of like the modern education system is based on this weird ideal that people had 
four or five decades ago that is just not what the world is now. Right. It's totally different. It's so weird. And like when I think about, um, you know, I have family members and friends who have kids now. And like for a long time, I think I blocked school out and like what it was like. But now I'm seeing it again because I have friends that are going through it because the Mm -hmm. kids are going through it. And I'm like, oh, this is crazy. You really have to do this? Like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it, it it's strange, but again, it just seems like such a weird focus on things that you know shouldn't be. I don't know, like American history and things like that. Like that stuff is important, but it's taught in a really weird way, and that really has nothing to do with Amachi at this moment. But in a lot of ways, <laughs> no, it does. And also, it, in a lot does. of ways, it, it does. does. This summer, it does. I it, got into that with students, so yes, it does. Yeah, yeah. So we have a branch of our program called our ambassador program. Um, and the ambassador program works particularly with high school students 14 to 18. And in that, we do like leadership development. We get into politics. We get into uh, critical thinking. We get into speaking. Um, and Ling, uh, who is our ambassador coordinator, does a great job of like putting that program together. I helped with it this summer. And so you do get into those conversations of like, why do we need to learn history? And you start realizing like, they don't have, a lot of young people don't have context of what's happening. So, mm-hmm. and I think when you talk about school, it's weird because a lot of the stuff we learned didn't have context. Yeah. Like I got up to pre-calc, right? So I, I was crazy enough to jump back into grad school. Yeah. <laughs> uh, somebody told me. Yeah. Curiosity killed the cat. <laughs> it did. And, 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 <laughs> yes. But I had to stop and look up, why do we do calculus? And it was clear. It's like, you do calculus to formulate systems so that you can better operate moving ahead. So you can recognize patterns and build systems. Now, when I was learning pre-calculus in school, we did not say that at all. It was just a bunch of letters and mm-hmm. weird uh, symbols. Mm-hmm. He just did it. And it was like, if you'd have told me, hey, you're doing this so that you can recognize a pattern, build a system, and be more efficient. But like, okay, that makes sense. But we just throw kids stuff and like get to the next grade and you realize sure. there's no next grade in life. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't even know if the word efficiency meant anything to me until I was like 24 years old. Right. <laughs> you right. know, it, it's, there's so many interesting, it's like, there's definitely things from school that I remember learning. And as I got older, I was like, oh, okay, now I see the use of this. Yeah. But. I don't remember it anymore. Ex- man. <laughs> right. Man. I could have used this now. Right. There needs to be like a, like, okay, like maybe school stops at a certain point, but then maybe you go back in your 20s. Like a nice refresher on life that we should all do. Mm -hmm. I think um, there's like this debate going on about like, do you really need four years of college because you end up taking these like prerequisites and like, is that even necessary for what you're going to do? And a lot of people don't even realize what they want to do until they take those courses they didn't want to take in the beginning, you know? And so I think that, kind of ties into our kids. Like our kids don't know what they don't know yet. And so they don't know that they're interested in this one thing because they've never been exposed to it. They've never, you know, talked about it. So that's kind of what our ambassador program is trying to do, kind of expose them to different kind of things. Because a lot of the times I will speak to, um, you know, a 10, 11, 12-year-old girl and she says, I want to be on nail tech when I grow up. Cool. Nails are cool. You know what? But they, but they also don't know that anything else exists because they're looking at nails, you know? (laughs) And so it's just one of those things where like, I will talk to a kid and I'm like, oh, you're interested in this. You know, how about the other day I I interviewed a kid who said he wanted to be an eye doctor. And I said, well, cool. Why? And he says, I have glasses and I don't know. I think it's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Kid logic. Right. And so (laughs) I think with that, like we have to take advantage of the curiosity that these kids have at that age and kind of expose them to that, which is the whole point of us, like pairing them with a mentor who may have those same interests so they can mm-hmm. kind of like really learn about those different areas of life. Oh yeah. Kids are so much smarter than a lot of people give them credit for. Yes. It's really, really wild. So in terms of Amachi, it seems like there's maybe a wide range of age of kids yeah. that yep. come in mm-hmm. to the program. Um, you know, how long does a kid typically stay in the program? What is it like getting a kid into the program? I know those are two different questions, but I'm yeah. curious about all that stuff. I guess we'll start with how does a kid go about getting into Amachi? Okay. Um, so we uh, our mentoring program goes anywhere from 6 to 18 years old. And uh, the only eligibility requirements is that they had to have had a parent um, in jail or currently in jail 
Um, and then how that works is I speak with the family member or the guardian. I speak with them separately and then together we go over their interests, you know, how they're doing in schools. Um, with the family, we get a little bit more into um, what has the child experienced. So have, do they have, um, do they know their parent is incarcerated? If so, how much contact do they have with them? Kind of getting into those like um, very vital like pieces of information um, and then once I talk to the child, we go more into like, how do you like school? And, you know, what are your favorite subjects? What are your interests? Um, and then we kind of come back together and discuss, you know, what um, what kind of mentor would be best for them. So the parents have preferences. We try to meet those preferences. Um, and then we kind of just go into finding someone who would be the best fit for them. So mm-hmm. there isn't really um, like a, a certain time because everyone's different. Everyone's relationship is different. Um, we do ask for a minimum of one year commitment um, because we don't want them to have yet another adult come in their life and then leave mm. rapidly. We don't want to, you know, cause more harm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how it works on that. And we have mentors who have been mentors with us for, you know, five years. We have ones that are, you know, brand new. So it really just, you know, kind of depends on how, where we are with our numbers and stuff. Yeah. How mm-hmm. does like somebody like find out about the program? Coming on your podcast. Coming on the podcast. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. And the program itself now, is it more of like kind of like a one-on-one thing with mentor and the kid? Mm-hmm. Is there any yes. times where like the kids get to interact with each other or? Yeah. So that's okay. actually what we're, we're trying to get started now. So we do have events throughout the year where they all come together. Like we recently had a picnic in uh, Frick Park and uh, mentees got to know each other. But we're trying to get more of those programs going where the, yeah. men- the mentors can meet each other as well and kind of, you know, bounce ideas off of each other. But um, yeah, it's it's mostly a one-on-one mentoring. Well, it's all one-on-one mentoring, but we do actually have a program with Pitt going now where mm-hmm. those kids um, are paired with Pitt med students and they're exposed to the medical field. And that's, cool. yeah, we're really excited about that getting started. Um, but that would be more of, an interesting kind of group situation where um, they still have that one-on-one relationship, but they have extra support systems if they need, um, be a faculty member, another med student, things like that. So it is 99% one-on-one mentoring, but we do have those little offshoots. Now, you know, being, you know, a couple of people that I'm sure have overseen a lot of different kids with different interests, sometimes kids can blow your mind. I'm curious if for either of you, there's like a certain field or interest that maybe you became interested in as the result of a kid being interested in it. Ooh, Do you, either of you have mm. still, any any situations like that? Um, mm. Let me think. <laughs> so I know this past summer, one of the kids in the program was very much into like hacking. No, they were into, um, I forgot what it's called, but it's people who go around and they find like old desktop computers. But then they like trick them out. Okay. So they like turn them into like gaming computers or whatever, but they keep the old skeleton. So they have like updated modems and all of that. And I didn't know that was a thing. So like that was definitely cool that I learned about um, from some of the kids in the ambassador program. So like that was cool. Something else. I don't know. But I, I know there are a lot of kids updating me on like mental health stuff. Yeah. And tell me like, yeah, one sign of, I think, what what did I learn? I learned um, a young person was talking and, and they were like, well, what happens with smart kids is that they never learn how to study because people don't question them. And they just assume because they're intelligent, when you put it in front of them, they'll get it. So what happened is they get grown and they realize that they don't know how to study. And so they struggle in mm. life, even though their whole life they've been high achieving. Yeah. And I was just like, you don't know me. No, my mind, no, but it was like, it was cool. Uh It was cool. It was just small tidbits of facts that you pick up listening to them, and you just got to be like, I'm learning from y'all today. This is what we do. Yeah. And so many of our kids are really into anime right now. Oh, yeah. Um, And so I'm learning a lot about anime. (laughs) I wish I would have kept with it. Like, I was a demon. I was like the most faithful Dragon Ball Z head. Uh I watched the reruns for three seasons in a row, waiting for GT. Then GT disappointed me because it wasn't real. But now these kids are like, oh, all you know is Dragon Ball Z? Oh, oh they get offended at me. I'm like, no, first off, yeah. I can tell you that nah, I don't care. It's, like, it, it's funny to be in a situation now where there's like old person anime. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. <laughs> Cowboy bebop and stuff. Uh-huh. I don't know about that. It's funny. This a little off topic, but I was just talking with a friend recently about this. How I mean, I grew up being in the anime, but the, there was like very few places where you could find it. It's like like some, some like you yeah, watch a little UPN, bit on TV, yep. and like sometimes you could go somewhere and you might find like a t-shirt and it would be like something like Dragon Ball Z or Digimon or Pokemon. Yeah. Right? But now like I can go to pretty much any store. I can go to like Walmart and there's like a whole anime mm-hmm. section of things that you could just find. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the kind of the cool part of the job. You have to kind of always like stay current <laughs> because, you know, we were also um, during our picnic, we were like, oh, what music should we play? And all the kids were like, TikTok music. I don't know what that is. <laughs> so I had to like Google like what are the current songs trending on TikTok? TikTok right. Are they appropriate right. for this picnic? So mm-hmm. yeah, it's a lot of is it, like you definitely have to learn to keep up with the kids because if not, like you really can't do this work. Yeah, it that's another hard thing too, because I understand uh wanting to be like conscious of like what the kids are listening to. But then I think about the music that I listened to when I was like 12 or 13, <laughs> and it was definitely not appropriate. It was the same. And fine. <laughs> So it's like this so thing, to speak, yeah, right. So to speak, we all good, you know. But uh, that's actually an interesting question mm-hmm. because I've been really curious about how um, social media and kids that are growing up in that world, how different really are they from when we were kids? And you probably interact with a lot more kids than I do. What is your take on this? So I have a, I have like a little kind of experience with that, just because I have, um, I have a younger sibling, and um, so a lot of what I, what I know was from her. Um, and then on top of that, I also work with international students. So their, um, their view was very different because they also, they're very into American things, but also it's still very much like my life is social media. So it's, it's interesting kind of just to see like where that takes you because it's still about YouTube, but now it's, now it's about TikTok. So it's like, you sure. can have a YouTube channel, but if you don't have a TikTok, what are you doing? Right? So it's kind of, hard to keep up with that because there's things that are constantly changing and you have to and because like I don't have a TikTok so I have to get all my like information from outside so it's just a matter of like keeping up as much as you can but I am also the social media coordinator at Amachi so it's a lot yes like it's my job to be like up (laughs) and you know kind of just thinking about that stuff constantly I from my experience I mean growing up as kids I don't know how how old are you I'm 35 I'm 31 so Growing up, it was kind of like, well, what do you do? Like, what do you actually do? Do you play a sport? Do you play me? Like, what do you do? And so now I think it's different because now it's like, well, I have the YouTube. And it's, it's these, I've seen kids get into an argument over like followers and uh, like different platforms. And it's like, yeah. well, what is that tangibly? Mm-hmm. But it's, it's a real world thing. So it's just like, it's very different kind of navigating in the space of like, you know, if I just hit your charger, that whole world goes away. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but. the 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 weird thing with social media is I that I've observed is I think that there are some kids that view it in the same way that I probably viewed like playing a video game. Yes, but the only issue is that it's not a game. Not to sound like no, yeah, like yeah. kind of like oh, it's reality's yeah. gonna get you. <laughs> I'm not trying to be all like that, but it's not. And I think that there are a lot of like real world consequences mm-hmm. to your yes. actions on those platforms that I think sometimes. It takes kids growing up in it to realize. I think it takes them some time for that to click. And normally when it does click, it's like the result of something not so great happening. Yeah. Whatever it may be. It's and, a, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's also the quickest way for kids to check out. Sure. Like now, because it's immediate dopamine. Like mm-hmm. if I don't like it or if I'm stressed out, if I don't understand it, I can kind of check out. And so part of like the mentoring and working with them is being like, hey, we can take breaks, but some of this stuff you just got to work through and you got to get through it. And so I think that's kind of the difficult thing when working with younger kids is like, we can't, there's no exit for this. Like you have to learn this. Yeah. Um, And so that, you know, and then trying to collect phones is always, (laughs) (laughs) I've gotten calls from parents. Like, why'd you take his phone? Cause we talking, we're we're at work. Um, And so that's the thing. Yeah. I think that it can be, really, really hard to make, I mean, you know how hard it is when you were a kid, if somebody wanted you to do something, you didn't yeah. want to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to stand your ground. Kids will stand their ground harder oh, than no, stubborn. Stubborn. anybody else. <laughs> like if you touch me, I'm telling everybody. <laughs> like, yeah. So I, I imagine that's an interesting place to be in as a 
like a mentor or somebody that's mm-hmm. overseeing when you know you know that this kid has interests, but how do you convince them to engage with those interests without oh. making them resent the interests? Well, one thing I, I try to practice and I have to get better at it is you got to cliche as it seems, meet them where they are. So a lot of people are more easily willing to open up if you start a conversation based on their interest mm-hmm. and then you pull them into the broader topic. But oh, if yeah. I come to you and talk to you about uh, anime and you've never watched anime, you'll listen, but you won't engage. And that'll be a five-minute conversation. Mm-hmm. If I know you like, uh, I don't know, you're a basketball aficionado. If I talk to you about LeBron and then I say, well, did you catch the one anime show? You'd be like, oh, no, what's happening? And I can compare it. Now I can pull you in. So it's like, it's a challenge of, you got to stay up to date because I have to know the language to meet you where you are. Like, I have to know what that show is. I have yeah. to know, you know, the music. Even if I don't like it, I need to know what music you're listening to. Mm-hmm. And then I can yeah. tell you why it's trash. <laughs> 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 right? And then you can call me an old man and we can go from there. But uh-huh. It's uh, hum- being humble enough to be like, let me figure out what this is that I think is completely ridiculous so I can pull you to this thing that I know you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, as a, like, as a, a mentor, what would be, like, your specific area of focus or interest that, like, a kid would come to you for? Like, if I was a mentor? Yeah. Personally? Um, so, I, I mean, I do art, right? So, I'm a spoken word artist, MC. Um, I taught a music class before. Um, I've hosted shows. So, like, I meet kids a lot on the art level. Yeah, arts and um, entertainment. Arts and entertainment level. Um, I played sports in the past. I was pretty good at one point, I like to think. So mm-hmm. I try to meet kids there. Um, and then right now, like, I'm super, super intrigued by self-driving cars. Okay. So, like, I get the kids who are very techie, and they don't think I'm coming. Like, no, I know about it, too. Let's talk. <laughs> so, like, those are the three areas, particularly with the arts and sports, that I kind of use to, to, to grab kids and talk to them. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Yasmin, did you ever have any experience with mentoring, like when starting out, or like, do you still get to do that? Does that have anything to do with your role at Amachi now? Yeah. So I'm. I'm kind of. I'm a mentor in different ways, just sure. not with Amachi yet. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> um. So. So like I said, I work with international students, and I'm. I'm like their supervisor, but because I'm still kind of like young, they kind of view me as a peer. So we get to you know hang out and do things. So like I usually take them to like a fall festival or like, uh, you know, snow tubing at, you know, in, in Plum or so. Um, like we do things together in a way that they can come to me for if they need any advice with their host families, that kind of stuff. Um, but in general, as I'm like, if I were to be an actual Amanshi mentor, I feel like I would, I have a bunch of random interests. <laughs> um, so I guess like my thing would be like, I'm really into learning different languages. Um, that's really fun for me. Um, I also really enjoy like dancing and um, I'm a big reader too. So that would be something I'm, I'm, I'm both like an outdoor indoor person. If you want to go hiking, we can go hiking. If you want to stay in and watch a movie, we can do that too. Um, so I'm kind of just like, so like I've, I've considered being a mentor. I'm still not sure yet. Cause I do have my, my three other <laughs> international kids. Um, but yeah, I think, I don't know. It's, it's kind of like very up, very up in the air for me right now. Mm-hmm. And I take mentoring and I try to tell people like, it's not what you think. Like you're not being a surrogate parent. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like you're taking on a burden of this kid. No. The coolest thing you probably could do is just show them what you do. Like how oftentimes growing up, we just didn't know what our parents did. Like, or we didn't know what the adults did. We just knew they paid bills and they got new cars every couple of years. And it was like, well, how do you actually make your money? Well, I go to this office. Well, what do you do in the office? Like, do I want to do that? So I think just exposing young people to like, yo, this is how I actually make an income um, is a form of mentoring in itself, you know, aside from talking to them and questions. But I think just the amount of exposure, like how we just talked about, I think that's that's a big part of mentoring. Mm-hmm. I, again, I think the environment is so much. And again, when it comes to like a traditional school day, there's just so much that's yeah. crammed in such a short mm-hmm. amount of time. It just seems very stressful when I like think about it. And then the idea of like homework seems very, I don't know. I I just don't, I don't have any fond memories of school at all outside of like maybe some friends. And I don't think that's Mm. great. No, No. because that's not a good thing, right? (laughs) You spent 12 years, 13 years in these institutions. And the, the one thing you left learning is like, 
I know how to engage with people in this way. you like, what the... F-? If you told a job, you went to a job and worked there for 12 years and was like, you're going to learn social skills. No, I can't elevate off this. How do I use it? And um, I don't know. I think that's based on the importance of what we put around school. Because we treat it like you just got to get through school to get to real life. And it's just like, real life is forever. <laughs> like, don't yeah. rush it. Get what you're supposed to get. So, Yeah. And the whole, like, cliche of, like, oh, like, enjoy high school. It's going to be the best years of your life. That is That's false. Terrible. That's a lie. That is, <laughs> that is a lie. such a lie. Yeah. I, I hope know. it's not the best years of your life. Honestly. Yeah. yeah no. That's, you know. Every year should be the, be best, the best year of your life. Right? That's Just what keep, we say. Keep moving forward. Yeah. You know, so in terms of the size of Amachi right now, it's almost... 20 years old at mm-hmm. this point, mm-hmm. right? How many people are involved in this program? And I know it says Amachi Pittsburgh. Is this something that is like outside of Pittsburgh as well? Is this a big company? I know nothing. <laughs> Fill me uh, in. So it actually started um, in Philly, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were a bunch of uh, different affiliates and we actually um, became Amachi Pittsburgh back in 2000, what was it? Three. 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are other organizations that are just not in the immediate area. So we do serve all of Allegheny County. So all of our families are in Allegheny County, but the mentors can live, you know, in different counties, depending on if they want to travel inside. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we we are very, very small. We're a very small staff. And there's like, what, eight of us? Eight, nine mm-hmm. of us? Wow. Um, yeah. So, and we're still growing. We're still, you know, hiring. And, but um, as for, we, ha- I think we have about, you know, 25 matches currently. We're trying to get that up. Um, right. so yeah, we are fairly, we are fairly small just because in like COVID really just like mm. really impacted us. Um, cause you know, the mentors couldn't see the mentees and then it, it was very difficult, but you know, we got back up there. We started doing virtual meetings, that kind of stuff. So, um, we are growing more now, but we just had that little like COVID offset. And then like, because we've been around for as long as we have, there are different pockets and organizations and people in the community who know about Amachi, but because of COVID and things of that nature, we're kind of rebuilding. But the dope thing about our structure is that we kind of are limitless in our capacity, right? Because right. we can work with you from all over Allegheny County. We can uh, uh, help them connect with mentors. Um, and we do training for our mentors. So it's not like, oh, you like kids? Come on. Like, no, you go through trainings and you learn kind of the Amachi way. But, you know, our capacity to grow is is very good. Is there like a requirement or preferred sort of background for somebody that wanted to be a mentor? No, because you learn from everybody, right? Like even in life, you get a mentor and they might not look like you, sound like you, act like you, but you learn something from them. I mean, of course, you got to pass your clearances. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you can't be a creep. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, like I don't want you around the kids, you're a creep. But outside of that, um, no. And I think that's one of the, the... the cool things about our organization is that you don't necessarily have to have prior affiliations. You don't even necessarily have to know Pittsburgh that well. There are people mm-hmm. who, you know, we're we're an educational hub. As much as we want to be this blue-collar town, we are a tech educational city. Sure. Um, and that means you got transplants of people coming in and out from everywhere. Mm-hmm. And they want to get involved, but they don't know how to, or they don't know where to, or they're in college, and all they know is the bus line, mm-hmm. right? Amachi allows you to... Uh, still connect with young people who you actually would have an affiliation with if you were out mentoring without you having to be associated with anybody. You don't have to make any donations. You don't have to, like, uh, you know, come to the events. Please donate if you want to. (laughs) But, you know, there's no uh, annual subscription fees, anything like that. We literally want people in the organization who have a passion uh, to work with young people um, and who recognize that any part of their contribution can help. Like, you're not here to take on the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but if you do podcasting and you can tell a kid, like, hey, get this mic, not that mic. You know, that little bit might change uh, a small piece that could help out a kid. Yeah, I think that that's great. I think that um, the question that I did want to ask, too, before I go off onto the next thing was, how often do mentors see the kids? Like, how often are the link-ups that's i mean that's well so so the requirement is a minimum of four hours a month you can break that up however you want Mm -hmm. we can do a weekly one hour um we're we're trying to push for twice a month contact because you know if you schedule one day and then you can't go then you're you know you're out for a month of seeing your kid so but really honestly like people think that 
four hours in one day is a lot. It's really not because like you go you go to a movie, you get some ice cream, and there's your yeah. there's your four hours. You know, yeah. and and most of our mentors do way more than that. I know I know of a family who takes their mentor out every weekend, and they have such a huge bond. And that so like it's it's like that. We have a minimum requirement, but people do more than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I I mean honestly, I would have expected it to be a lot more than that. Just right. thinking about and that's, like yeah, and that's what we find. Like a lot of people are like, well, how much commit? I don't know if I have time for the commitment. It's like, hold up, what do you think mentoring is? Right? Yeah. Like it's not, it's not what you think it is. Uh-huh. And and because it's not, I think one of the benefits, because it's not that much time, is that you can be that much more intentional and impactful. Yes. Right. So you don't have to be like, well, I gotta fill out six hours with right. this kid. It's like, no, if we only got an hour, if we already know that you're dealing with this in school, let's just focus on this hour. Maybe yeah. if I need to get mm-hmm. your mind away for an hour or I know that I need to talk to you about this. I can prepare for that hour. We can get it done. And then we both can kind of let that go. Sure. And I would imagine that if you're somebody that is passionate about what you do and passionate about helping a kid out, mm-hmm. filling out four or five, six hours is nothing. It's I can, nothing. No, can do <laughs> the things that I love for Exactly. Weeks, yeah. who, does, who doesn't like talking about what they love to do? Yeah. Exactly. Like, and that takes nothing from you. So imagine you meeting a kid and you're just telling them what you love to do. Like a lot of times, I think going back to school, how many of our teachers can we say actually loved what they were doing? A lot of them look like, well, this didn't work out in life, so I'm here with yeah. your bad ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's crazy. I It blows my mind when I have friends that can remember teachers that they had. I can't remember the name of one teacher. Oh, I remember a lot of that them. I, had. I do. I remember That's some. just like how little impact any of them had. I mean, granted, I was a bit of like, state of myself mm-hmm. weird mm-hmm. long hair baggy jeans kid <laughs> surprise but um still it was like nobody really ever seemed to go out of their way it was just kind of like oh that's that's the weird kid that doesn't care so i'm not going to care but you know what i would say to that none of them showed them true their true selves either fair enough yeah. yeah because if the teacher showed their true self then it would give that student who's in the back of the class an awkward the ability to show their true selves like yeah like i'll be in a class and i might like freestyle it's all right Right? Um, I like to think I rap. Everybody raps. <laughs> sure. I don't even like saying that, right? But um, I might freeze down. It's like, that's who I am. So, but one, if it does nothing, it lets kids who might not do that feel like, oh, I can be who I am. And I think when we have disconnects between adults and kids, kids, you can't lie to them. Like, you can not tell them stuff, mm-hmm. but you can't lie to them. They'll feel it. Like, you're, you're not, that's not who you are. And yeah, and I think that a lot of teachers aren't really given the opportunity to do what interests them outside of teaching. Mm-hmm. And so I had a high school teacher who did, um, who taught history or social studies. And he was also the choir teacher. And, you know, he he loved history. You could tell when he was teaching. But when he got in the choir room, it was a different feel. And so it was, it was very obvious to see that he loved what he was, like, even when he got frustrated or whatever, it was still so clear that this was what he loved to do. And because he was, almost you know kind of mentoring the the choir kids in the, in his own way like it, it it gave it was a bigger impact on me because i was able to see that in the choir room and then see him in history class like okay this is this is history mr copeland and this is choir yeah. mr copeland you know so mm-hmm. it was like and he's he's one of those teachers who's had that like that much of an impact on me because i could see like the joy he had in what he was doing and so we're kind of trying to give that to our kids as well and trying to um, and and adults need that too. I mean, some of our, some of our mentors come in because they want to share what what they can do, and so it it the mentors learn just as much from their mentee than the other yeah. way around. And so, so many of our mentors are like, "Oh, I learned this thing from my mentee. It was so cool. I can't wait to do this thing with them next." And so, um, we like to we have to encourage them to say like, "Hey, this can impact you as well. It's not just for the child." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that there's I imagine there's a world of opportunity to take in a ton of information and learn and develop yourself by interacting with a kid or a, yeah. you know, a mentee, as you're saying. Because I think in general, just interacting with kids, like they have a, such a fresh perspective on the world that sometimes the stuff that comes out of their mouth not is not jaded. anything an adult would yeah. say. You know, yeah, and, they're not jaded. Yeah. And to your point of having a choir teacher that was actually passionate about what they were doing, I think it really makes all the difference in the world. You know, Absolutely. if I have a, if I have a, like a, if I'm out to eat and if I have a waiter that's in a bad mood, it somehow makes the food taste worse. Yeah. Like, I don't know how that happens. <laughs> oh, you just, told, I think your brain, you just don't trust it. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they dropped this meatball. Back. Yeah. <laughs> you just got to like, yeah, like, like okay. the, 
the the person that is like I think that there's like a big responsibility of being a teacher that a lot of people maybe over time have just forgotten about. Yeah. Because they feel that like the kids don't care and maybe the kids don't care because they don't think you, you don't care. care. Yeah. And it's like this mm-hmm. unfortunate feedback loop. Right. It can be yeah. really, really hard. I've seen, I've seen like the, the best teachers I've ever seen. Um, it wasn't, they didn't think of it as going above, above and beyond. It mm-hmm. was just like, I want to make sure we get this right. Um, so I've dealt with like history teachers, um, particular Mr. Wittick, when I was teaching at Falk, was a history teacher, but he bought like his own history books and would dig through them and did extensive amounts of research and papers and all of that stuff. But it was like, he loved teaching history and he loved making sure kids knew how to apply to the real world. So even when they annoyed him, they had the utmost respect because like he loves what he's doing. There's mm-hmm. another history teacher. He made like a whole rap for them to study. Like their study guide was a rap song that he made for the class. And it was just like, you yeah. know, when you get teachers like that, you know, it it helps kids kind of connect more. The difference is you have to have the teacher that's willing to kind of step out mm-hmm. and right. do that. Yeah, I think that there's like a traditional way of teaching kids, like this textbook stuff on the chalkboard mm-hmm. thing that mm-hmm. doesn't always work. And I think there's ways, most of the things that I remember the most in life, I learned on accident or like I didn't realize I was learning them. Yeah. Exactly. Right. You know, like. Because of a result of like, oh, you know, I bought this shelf that I want to put all of my Ninja Turtles action figures on. Now, all of a sudden, I understand the difference between all of these different tools. I didn't want to learn about the tools, but now right. I know. And that's different styles of learning, too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, kinesthetic learning is what it sounds like. Like, you have to engage. You got your auditory learners. You have some learners who they're visual, so they need to sit down and have you write it out on the board. Me, I'm talking after about five minutes. I'm going to fidget. I'm going to look. Like, I can't, I'm not sitting for more than 10 minutes and just staring at you. Yeah. Right? Or I have to, I learn through speaking. So I used to ask a whole bunch of questions. Right? And that's like, as a mentor, your patience has to come in too because you have to start recognizing like, what way best engages this young person. Yeah. And it's it's books out there for it, but you don't know how to apply it until yeah. you have to apply it. And everybody's different. And like, you know, in some of these bigger public schools, you have one adult that's responsible for 30 to 40 kids at a yep. time, eight times a day. And all of them Insanity. looking at you like you yeah. ain't got nothing. <laughs> After about eighth grade, kids looking at you like, this ain't going to make me no money. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I don't even care. Yeah. Okay. I feel like, you know, I mean, I don't know. I haven't been in school for a long time, obviously. But yeah. I imagine like there would be some ways to like teach higher ends of math and like coding websites or graphic mm-hmm. design at the same mm-hmm. time. You could like, you. oh, like, you know, you made this cool thing happen on your phone by using these weird mathematical properties. That's what a lot of coding is. And now, yeah. okay, you've learned how to do something cool that you can put on your TikTok that none of your other friends can do. And you know how to do math now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> teaching a, teaching math concept. Because math was made off physical concepts. Like, yeah. nobody, you didn't learn calculus to do calculus. Like, somebody put a system together. It was like, I'm going to name it that. So mm-hmm. we kind of get away from the... Doing like math is something that you have to put yeah. put your hands on. I mean, just think of how much um, how much coding we learned having a MySpace. And oh yeah, all, yeah, yeah. And then we've all forgotten it because we didn't need to use MySpace anymore. I, was, uh-huh. I didn't so, have a MySpace. I didn't think. Oh, it was cool. I learned so much coding and I forgot all of it. <laughs> yeah, sure, same. I remember, uh, you know, after uh, MySpace had went away and. Uh, <laughs> This is like an off-topic joke, but maybe you'll think it's funny. Because <laughs> um, I thought it was hysterical. Because I was definitely one of those people that had the MySpace page. It was like way decked out mm-hmm. with all the custom so stuff. <laughs> and uh, a buddy of mine on Facebook had posted, I miss MySpace because I can't tell how self-absorbed my friends are anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I definitely get that. And the top eight was... Oh, I, I, just, I didn't have <laughs> the a MySpace, arguments. but I remember the arguments of people in their top eight. And I'd be like, bro, it's the internet. It's not a thing. Like, why are we... Uh-huh. Yeah, it it matters. It and it matters matter. today even more. Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. you didn't follow me back? Like, first off, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. But... Yo, sorry. okay. Another off-topic side note. But this was... Okay, keep in mind. This is me and another adult. Mm-hmm. Right? So, I had this um, on my... Instagram account, I had this thing where like I kept on getting followed 
by all of these spam accounts. Mm-hmm. Bot accounts, yeah. And like I didn't want them showing up on my thing because it was like, oh, like I'm being followed by X amount of people, but they're all fake. Is there yeah. a way for me to get rid of these accounts? Like how do I get somebody to unfollow me? Mm-hmm. And like really the only way you could do it is if you block them. Right. And I was like, well, I'm not going to go through my account and block like a thousand different fake accounts, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, is there like a computer thing that like I can download that'll do this? It can detect spam accounts and block them for you. Mm -hmm. So I tried doing this and it worked. But as a result, it blocked some of my friends who I guess use it so much that the bot thought that they were spam. Mm. Uh And I had an adult message me right away. It was like, yo, why'd you block me? What's going on? What fast. I do. Because you can also have programs on your phone that are third party. It'll tell you uh, when somebody unfollows you, unblocks you. Why do you have that? Yeah, it's yeah. not that real. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. first off, yeah, like, you it, got my phone. Does he, does he have your phone number? I don't know. Like, it's really yeah. weird if you, yeah. Probably, yeah. if you got my contact yeah. information. Yeah, I mean, like, we're like friends with somebody that had been on the podcast. Yeah. No, 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 no beefs, no issues. I tried to explain the situation to them. And I was just like, Yo, I mean, the fact that you even have this thing on your phone probably shows that there's just a certain level of insecurity and ego that mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to get through right now. You think I hate you and you think that I'm, right. you know, you think I'm feeding you. Maybe they need a mentor. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe, you know, it's, I think that it's, uh, you know, unfortunate maybe in some ways that you stop at 18 because I know plenty of people twice that age that could still use some help. But that's not your responsibility. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> and that's the I think with, with the young people, like one thing I always hope for is that they take advantage of the resources. Because mm-hmm. like as we know as adults, you have the the world at your disposal, but nobody's gonna bring it to you. Yes. Like as a kid, it's like I'm bringing you everything you need. They be looking at you like, but that's not fun. Like all right, and it's like I'm hoping you realize that as you get older, you have to go find it. And I think that the mentoring part is so important because you have uh, people who are most of the time in the vein of where they're trying to go. And it's like, listen, you're going to need this stuff past school, right? And your parents tell you that all the time. Your close relatives and teachers, but you don't listen to them. It's like, you're telling that because you love me versus yeah. this person doesn't have an attachment and they're telling me this. I need to listen. So Yeah, most of the time you don't really re- – that again, most – most of the learning experiences that stick with you, at least that have stuck with me, have been a result of something negative on various degrees yeah. of mm-hmm. bad, mm-hmm. but usually something bad happens Pain and then the you teacher. finally learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> you know, so in terms of being online and that's how people communicate these days, how can people get a hold of Amachi? Regardless of what they need. Yeah. So you can visit our website. It's amachipgh.org. Um, and then our social medias are the same, amachipgh, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we're trying to post a lot more frequently now. Um, but also the audiences for Facebook and Instagram are different. So we're trying to tailor that. Um, but yeah, that's where you can find us. And you can find all of our information on our website. Mm-hmm. Cool. And, you know, is there anything else that you would like to talk about before I go on to some other tangent and we wrap up. <laughs> Any other important stuff that we didn't get out? Uh, mark the date, December 19th. Amachi's having a Christmas event. Uh, we are accepting presents and donations for that. Uh, we give those out to our families. Um, if you want to learn more about that or when we get ready to accept donations, please go to the website. Um, like Yasmin here just said. So I think that's the, the next thing. That Where's we really- the event? Um, we're working all of that out. Uh, okay. But as far as like, no, yeah, but it's, yeah. it just putting it out there like if yeah. you're, you're interested in donating or you want to find a way to engage, but like I can't mentor, but I still want to help the organization, start looking for stuff for our Christmas event. Yep. And additionally, um, I just want to put it out there that mentors who have, ex- or potential mentors who have experienced incarceration are still eligible to apply to be a mentor. Yes. Um, a mm-hmm. lot of people don't realize that. Um, but, you know, it's, it helps to have someone who, have, who has been through that situation mentor a child. Um, whose parent is going through that as well. So um, background checks still apply and things. We'll look into that as a case-by-case basis, but we do still want them to apply that. Um, we want to pair these people with people who understand them. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that it's really important to to give people that you know have made 
a mistake and are trying to better themselves, give them an opportunity to feel like a human being and actually be a part of the world because that's, uh, society isn't very forgiving to people that maybe, you know, made, um, that they made a mistake when they were young, you know, 18, 19, 20, whatever, even if they're 30, that's still pretty young for a lot of things. So yeah, absolutely. Regardless of age, you should be able to have like a path to redemption to better yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And those people make like the best speakers for our events as well. So if you want to be a speaker and talk about your experience in, in jail, then we welcome that as well. Awesome. Well, thank you both for coming by today. It's been an awesome talk. I'm really excited to learn about this program. I'm excited to, uh, I don't know, I would I would like to somehow help with this. I think it seems really cool. Um, it's nice to do something or like the thought of like doing something that would help kids. I think that growing up, for me personally, I didn't have parents that were incarcerated or anything like that, mm-hmm. fortunately. But um, that's just the idea of like having somebody there because I did have, mm-hmm. it wasn't like the most present family okay. presence, you know? So uh, I can imagine and maybe empathize to some degree with what maybe some of these kids are going through in terms of just like not having mm-hmm. a mentor or like yeah. a, a sibling or any sort of a family member that really knows what to do with you. And yeah, like, it's and like really easy to like feel lost because I was that kid for yeah, a long exactly. time. Yeah, exactly. And that's another thing too. Like with Amachi, we try to work hard to break the stigma, right? Because not all of our, like some of our kids have very good support systems, right? So it's not like, again, you're not stepping in all the time as a mentor. Like I have to supplement or I have to help this kid find themselves. It's, and a third. Sure, it's, it's not like it's, some weird movie, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's not like, what's, what's the, like the blind side or something yeah. like oh, that? Like movie. it ain't that. Like, you're not <laughs> yeah, finding yeah. a random black kid on the street and taking them in your home. It's <laughs> yeah. not it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, a lot of our kids have very good support structures, which mm-hmm. is why they end up finding Amachi and learning about our program. And yeah. It's like, yeah. how do you become... Um, in addition to that, right, another voice, right? Because there's stuff you might not want to tell the people closest to you because you don't want to burden them or trouble them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if I can tell this person who's literally here just to help me, and then when they leave, I leave, it's cool. It gives kids an outlet, like you said. So, Awesome. Well, with all of that being said, I'm going to do my outro and uh, uh, we'll go about our days. And that is all, folks. Thanks so much for being here. One more time, Yasmin, Jeremiah, Amachi Pittsburgh. Thank you all. I'll be back again. That's not you. That's not me. That's you. There I am. Hello. (laughs) I'll be back again next week with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2021. Thanks for listening. And we're done. We did it. That was a podcast. It happened. (laughs) Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you. Little swag bag. Very helpful. It'll help me. uh, I'm going to leave this laying around so I don't forget to reach out to you. Because I am definitely. (laughs)